Words, lasses, punting masses, welcome, welcome, round 10 of the AFL Better and the Better Half podcast. We've got the scores, we've got the odds, we've got the TV ratings, and of course, we've got the most talked about award in football, that being the Golden Mop, and we have an outright leader in the Golden Mop after some movement over the weekend. We'll get to that shortly. First, the election was on in this country of Australia on the weekend. Scott Morrison, ScoMo Morrison, was the incumbent Prime Minister. Uh, We actually had an incumbent Prime Minister do a a full term for the first time in 12 years, 12, 15 years. It has has been since John Howard, way back when he was Prime Minister in 1997. So you better make that 25 years since a Prime Minister has done a full term and got uh, either re-elected or voted out. We haven't had the chance to do that since 2007. We have had one, two, three, four, five, six. This is the seventh Prime Minister in 15 years. We have had, ladies and gentlemen, seven in 15 years, and this is the first one that Australians have had the chance to vote out since 2007. That was done a full term. Unfortunately, the result went the wrong way (sighs) for us. We've got rid of ScoMo, and now we've got anal. You know I don't do anal. Yes, 70% of the country don't like doing anal either. Anthony Anal Albanese from the Labor Party is the new Prime Minister. The lowest primary vote count in history to win an Australian federal election. Yes, even lower than Bill Shorten did twice. In 2019 and 2016, but Labor finally succeeded in getting a PM who dumped his missus for a younger model after three tries in 2016 and 2019. So Albo is going to set up an integrity commission. Unbelievable, the man can't even keep integrity in his own home. Uh, Unbelievable that guy so good luck to anal and his blonde bimbo and the labor party and good luck to this country because quite frankly the system is beyond a joke many say uh it's a revolution in the electorate to have all these independents they're calling it the teal movement and the Greens getting votes and seats. At the moment, I think it's 14 seats between Independence, Greens, and I can't think who the other crazy mob are. I think it's One Nation. But quite frankly, it came down to this. Minus 3.5% of the electorate didn't vote for the coalition, the incumbent government in the last election. The alternative was actually just a bag of shit. And quite frankly, it really is. And it still is, even though they're in power. And as I said, 70% of the people didn't vote for that trash. But in this country, unlike America and unlike England, 
And unlike the rest of the world, you don't have a choice. You have to, over the age of 18, you have to vote or you get a fine. And so what did people do? They voted for the independence. And by voting for the independence, you actually put Labor in charge. So well done to all of you knuckleheads who think that it's a new chapter in politics with the independents getting in. No, 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 no. We've all had that crap in 2010. And we're not going to go through that crap again of what we've gone through and it's going to be worse with this lot. So good luck to the country. Get rid of preference voting. I reckon it should be uh, first preference voting only. It only should be pre first preference voting. It's like that in the rest of the bloody world. Why is it that when I tick or you tick a party that the next party gets in, next bloke gets in as a preference? Many of the Liberal Coalition uh, members would be in if it wasn't for the preference voting. In fact, it was just Liberal Coalition against the rest of the nation when it comes to preference voting. That was it. They had no choice. You had no choice. You ticked that box and all those boxes, you never had a choice. You were, you were scammed, instantly scammed by the electoral rules of preference voting and that's the way it will always be. It, it's a miracle. It will be in the future, an absolute miracle. And only by the fact of the way the system works, if the Liberal Coalition gets in again. And in saying that, though, in 2025, it'll repeat itself like 2013, that Adel and the Independents will get wiped off the map because... They have no answer and their candidates don't even want an answer to the cost of living that we're going through right now. Petrol is now here, or gas in the Americans as you want to call it, is now over the price since when the 20% tax deduction came in and that's got till the end of September. and. Adel has no inkling of increasing that 20% discount. So what's it going to do by the end of September or by Christmas when the fuel is three bucks a litre? Has he got me three bucks a litre or that would be say, what do you got to do it? Four and a half, one, two, three, four, $14.50 a gallon. What are you going to do then by Christmas? You're going to fill my tank 150 bucks a week nah he's not going to do that he's got no clue he's still going to he, he still thinks everybody thought on the hope well 20 percent of the elect of the of the uh of the main issues not even 20 percent we had the main issues put up what's the main issues in the country clearly by five to one cost of living was way above climate change so now these idiots who claim it's going to be climate change, 7% of the country cares about climate change. 7% of the country. That's it. So good luck to who you voted for. And like you always do, like you did in 2007, 
and 2010, you'll all bloody regret it. And that's all I've got to say on that. The system has to change. We're going to go look at some AFL right now. We'll get through anal, three years of pain. And we're going to go to this. Yes, the football from round 10. The ratings, ratings have collapsed about as much as the economy. We're going to get to that shortly. First, we're going to do what we have been doing the last few weeks, and that's Melbourne's chances of going 22-0 after beating North Melbourne by 47 points on the weekend. They've got Fremantle this week at home, who have lost two in a row, albeit two games in the wet. And I mean in the wet. I mean, there were puddles at, at Perth yesterday. Not saying it's not going to be wet here on the weekend when they play Melbourne. They play Fremantle at home, Sydney at home, Collingwood, Brisbane at home, Adelaide away, Geelong away, Port in a neutral ground in Darwin, Bulldogs, Frio at Optus, Collingwood, Carlton and Brisbane away. That gives us, last week it was 22.27% chance of going 22 0. It's increased by 1.2% to 23.47% chance of going 22 and nil. And we're going to get to parity as well because that's out the window. We're going to do that for you shortly. In fact, we'll do that for you now before we get to last week's Leon Cameron story we went to last week. Parity. Well, the fairness of the competition has dropped by from this time last year by 5.6%. Yes, only two-thirds of the competition is in the bracket between seven wins and three wins, which needs to be there right now. Last week, uh, this time last year, it was 13 of the 18, which went from seven wins to three wins. In fact... If you want to make it even more unfair than that, the two bracket now drops from this time last year to 5.6%. Melbourne is unbeaten on 10 nil. They were 9-1 last week. They're out on their own. They're out on their own in bracket three right now. The average wins is five wins right now after 10 rounds. Of course, when you've got to do these things, you've got to square root the five, jump it to two places. Melbourne's topped that easily. The end of 2021, and we will get to that for you. So far, the end of 2021, to give you a reminder, was 44.4% of the first bracket, 88.9% of the second bracket. So, uh, geez, we're going to see how parity goes this year. Okay, Leon Cameron staying too long. We mentioned this last week. First five years, he went 60, 47, and 3 including three and four finals, 57.3%. And after that, by the time he got the sack, for up to the next five years, 34, 35 and one, with four and two in finals for 50.7%, got him to a grand final and lost. And he walked, gone. He knew his papers were going to be stamped. He, he's gone. Apparently the rumour is, and of course the rumour is going to be for every coach that's going to be on tender hooks, is apparently the so-called wonder coach, Alistair Clarkson. Is he a wonder coach? In many people's opinions, yes. In the media's opinions, yes. In mine, no. 
first five years of Hawthorne, 2005, 5 and 17. Then he went 9 and 13, 13 9, 1 and 1 in finals, 17 and 5, won a premiership. Then they changed the rules with the deliberate handball through the behinds. That was the only way they won. 2009, 9 and 13 for a 57-58 record, and that includes 4 and 1 in finals for a total of 49.6%. 49.6%. He was nearly 8% below the record of Leon Cameron and still kept his job right up until a couple of years ago. Absolutely incredible how these things <clears throat> actually work. So, in fact, his record in the first five years was actually still worse than the whole of Leon Cameron's stay at GWS, and he's going to be replaced. Let's go to the scores before we go to the TV ratings, Golden Mop, etc. Carlton 15-12-102, Sydney 13-9-87, Walsh 34 disposals, Kurnow 6 goals, Weedering 14-1%ers for Sydney, Mills 8 tackles, team coach top 18, Jacob Weedering 94, Jack Silvani 49.75, he got a hit out or two. For the Golden Mop, Chab Warner, 20 disposals, 12 clangers, 1-4 free kicks, and a ridiculous 50-metre penalty for dissent because the umpire did not, apparently three umpires did not see the bounce. Three umpires did not see the bounce. One umpire didn't see it, the bounce, when he played on, called him for running too far. The other two just didn't even blink and said nothing ridiculous and this is why the game is going downhill more on why the game is going downhill later patrick cripps not in disposal seven clangers two five free kicks luke parker 26 disposals seven clangers that is why the game is a joke every time sydney seems to play the mcg it becomes a joke geelong 11 16 82 port adelaide 7 5 47 for geelong guthrie 38 disposals stewart seven one percenters for Port Adelaide, Houston, 11 marks. Team coach, top 18. Ollie Wines, 91. Mitch Giordiatis, good grief, 53. And Connor Rosie, 50. For the Golden Mop, Cam Guthrie, 38 disposals, 6 clangers. Lockie Jones, 8 disposals, 5 clangers. And Robbie Gray, 14 disposals, 5 clangers. 0-2 free kicks. Western Bulldogs, 15-16-106. The Gold Coast, 13-9-87. For Gold Coast, Jeffrey, five goals and wits, 55 hitouts. The team coach, star power, Noah Anderson, 69. For the team coach, top 18, we've got a bit of to read here. Marcus Bonham Pally, 117. Bailey Smith, 98. Aaron Norton, 96. Jack McRae, 88. Jared Witts, 87.25. Adam Trelaw, 84. Caleb Daniel, 68. Bailey Dale, 64. Tom Liberatore, 59. There won't be as much Bulldogs players in there next week. <clears throat> and the star power, we scored Taylor Adams in a card the other day. Yes, the cards are finally back in the shops after a month. The Golden Mop, Marcus Bontempelli, 24 disposals, 9 clangers, 0-4 free kicks. Jack McRae, 34 disposals, 8 clangers, and Ben Ainsworth, 14 disposals, 7 clangers. North Melbourne, 8, 5, 53. Melbourne, 14, 6, 100 for North Melbourne. Goldstein, 33 hitouts for Melbourne. Oliver, 45 disposals. You cannot argue with his form completely. 
Let's have a look at this team coach top 18, Christian Petrarca 90. For the Golden Mop, Jai Simkin 21 disposals, 8 clangers. <coughs> Luke Davis Uniaki 27 disposals, 8 clangers, 1 3 free kicks. Aiden Core 29 disposals, 8 clangers, 0 5 free kicks. All North Melbourne players again for the second week in a row. Adelaide 9 15 69 kicked themselves again. Out of a win, St Kilda 14-6-90. For Adelaide, Smith 11 marks. For St Kilda, Sinclair 32 disposals. And Max King 6 goals and 6 marks inside 50. Star power, Shane McAdam 52. The Golden Mop, Patrick Ryder 8 disposals, 6 clangers, 1-4 free kicks. Seb Ross 17 disposals, 6 clangers, 2-4 free kicks. And Brad Crouch 31 disposals and 6 clangers. Richmond 11-14-80 against a non-story of a team of Essen. We're going to get to that in a minute because I forgot about that one. 7-6-48. Richmond for Rewalt. Fell goal. Six marks inside 50. Nankervis 20 hitouts. Essendon Parish 43 disposals. Eight tackles. Jack Rewalt only gets one vote for the, the Yonkin medal. Yonkin means dreaming. And let me tell you, those judges certainly were dreaming. Dion Prestia won the medal, arguably fair enough. Got 111 points if we're doing team coach to Jack Rewalt's 106, but did not get a mention. Well, he got a best as per the AFL, but did not rank uh, anything in the bests for the highlights of this program. Team coach star power Tom Lynch didn't rate either. He only got 55, very disappointing. But how ironic, on Indigenous Doug Nichols round that Shea Bolton, 16 disposals, 9 clangers, 0-4 free kicks. Darcy Parrish, 43 disposals, 8 clangers. And Sam Draper, 8 disposals and 5 clangers. Yes, Darcy Parrish was going to get nowhere near the medal. You can argue on star, on, uh, on uh, team coach system. Uh, Essendon got belted by more than 5 goals. Your team's not going to get a vote. Speaking of Essendon, the non-story that was last week between uh, Luke Parker and Dylan Shield. The only persons who took any notice of this story were the media. Th uh, 44 players and three umpires, boundary umpires, goal umpires and crowd of how many people in Sydney didn't even notice at all. Uh, blown all out of proportion. And this is how the AFL makes a non-event into some sign of event for a week for a storyline because Essendon had Saturday night football with Richmond at the Dreamtime at the SCG. Absolute non-story. And you wonder why Channel 7 aren't going to be bothered with their shows like Talking Footy or the Sunday morning game show. Who would bother? Who would bother watching the crap? I've seen the uh, the things online about it, the pieces. It was an absolute non-story. Not even Dylan Shield himself took any notice of what was going down. It was basically just Luke Parker being like a 18-year-old skinny kid behind 27 Marys behind Dylan Shield's back and Dylan Shield didn't even know what was going on and needed anybody else because the media just decided to try and make Luke Parker 
looked like a fool while well, he was doing something. He probably was a fool, but no one else on the ground saw it. So, complete, absolutely non-story again by the media. And this is why you wonder the ratings go down. GWS 21-12-138. West Coast actually kicked something which is not good for GWS. 13-8-86. For GWS, Coniglio, 36 disposals, about time he got a mention. Peetling, who the hell is he? 11 marks. Kelly, 9 tackles. Team coach, top 18. Jer Jeremy McGovern, 67. And Tom Barras, who should be now renamed Tom Embarrassment, 20 points is all he got last week. An absolute embarrassment. For the Golden Mop, Toby Green, 17 disposals, 5 clangers. Tim Kelly, 23 disposals, 5 clangers. Xavier O'Halloran, who the hell are you? Nine disposals, four clangers. Did they rest a few players to be a bit arrogant? Or is this the change because of the new coach? Good grief, I haven't heard of half these people. So you wouldn't know, well, judging by the way that West Coast kicked 13 goals, eight on an opposition that's won three games, uh, not much chop. Hawthorne, 18, 9, 117. Uh, Brisbane, 17, 10, 112. This game finished at 10 minutes past six. 10 minutes past six. It's two things here that I'm thinking of during this game. The 3.30 time, uh, time slot is pathetic. Should not happen because you end up with two conditions in a game. That should not happen. Every game should start at two or it's going to be at night. And I thought about this yesterday. They are going to turn this game more Americanized. And you know what they want to do? They want to put one o'clock and four o'clock and night games. What did the Americans do with the gridiron? One o'clock and four o'clock. That's what they're trying to turn this thing into because they want to give Paramount the rights, which doesn't look very good right now. Two weeks ago when we reported about this, it was almost dead cert over the line. All of a sudden, Warren Buffett's bought 11% of Paramount in a rumoured takeover bid, and that big money, that was not going to be big money, it was now 1.2, so we're running at a loss. It's going to be running at an even more of a loss. So right now, Kerry Stokes, Seven Media, and Rupert down at Fox Sports are absolutely holding all the cards when it comes to the media rights in this country right now, and that of course, is Gill's legacy. The second thing about this game, which is also going to lay on Gill's legacy, 63 free kicks in this game. Hence why it went till 10 past 6. It was a farce. 63 free kicks. I couldn't tell you who actually really did win this game. Five points to Hawthorne, because the umpiring decisions were that stupid. They say, umpire, I've seen it constantly, umpires don't influence games. The umpires were 63 free kicks and numerous goals resulting from those stupid decisions influenced this game completely. Never mind the fact that Hawthorne came back from the last quarter. This was influenced by 63 free kicks. Mitchell, 36 disposals. Lewis, 4 goals. And I tell you now, the, the guy at the Dreamtime game on Saturday night holding up the sign had the perfect statement for all of us. The banner of the year, 
the umpires have ruined this game. And that's what they've done. For Brisbane, Coleman, eight marks. McInerney, 45 hitouts. Team coach, star power. Daniel Rich gets double points, 192, because we have the team card. Team coach, top 18, James Sicily, 111. So good results all around in that game. Tom Mitchell got the golden mop, worst on ground, most overrated. 36 disposals, 9 clangers, 3-5 free kicks. Lincoln McCarthy, 10 disposals, 6 clangers, 1-3 free kicks. And Chankuas Jayath, 12 disposals, 6 clangers, 0-2 free kicks. I wrote that down thinking I won't be able to pronounce it. I got through his name and could not get through Georgiades. Fremantle in a river at Optus Stadium. Doesn't drain very well. 6-8-44, Collingwood 12-8-80. Fremantle, Brody, 36 disposals, Darcy, 44 hitouts, Collingwood, Henry, 4 goals, 3 marks inside 50. You want to talk about umpires. Did you know Bob Catter, Jack Ginnivan, you know that Bob Catter lookalike? He's had 26 goals he's kicked, but 22 of them are from free kicks. He flops. He gets tackled and flops to the ground, and the umpires give him a free kick for too high. 22 free kicks for adding 26 goals. That is pathetic. Jack Crisp, 27 disposals, 8 clangers. Josh Dacos, 21 disposals, 7 clangers, 0 4 free kicks. And Andrew Brayshaw, 31 disposals, 7 clangers, 0 4 free kicks. We're going to get straight to the golden mop. <clears throat> Tim Kelly is the outright leader again after Shea Bolton drew level with him on Saturday night. But Tim Kelly is the outright leader on 11. Shea Bolton on 9. And how fitting for Doug Nichols' round. Two Indigenous players sitting on top. First and second. Outright first and second. And then we have the presumptive Brownlow medal. The media's Brownlow medal darling for 2022. Patrick Cripps on 8. Tom Mitchell, 8. Jai Simpkin, 8. Toby Nankervis, 8. So there we go. I believe Patrick Cripps being the Brownlow favourite. I can't quote you on that because they never put the Brownlow odds on the page. Let's go to the odds. $2.40 for Melbourne. Daylight and then Carlton, 12. Geelong, Sydney, 13. 15, Richmond, 17. Western Bulldogs shut the season. It's all over. But we will continue on. TV ratings. Carlton versus Sydney for Channel 7, 522,000, ranked number 7. And on Foxtel, 275,000, ranked number 1. Western Bulldogs versus Gold Coast. On Foxtel, 95,000, was ranked number 15. Geelong versus Port Adelaide on Foxtel, 97,000, was ranked number 13. North Melbourne versus Melbourne got bigger ratings than the other two. 137,000, which was number 6. Adelaide versus St Kilda on Saturday night ranked lower than the Saturday games. 84,000, which was number 17, and there's a reason. Richmond versus Essendon on Channel 7, 306,000, smashed by the election coverage around the country. 306,000 at number 15, and Foxtel 134,000 at number 8. Ironically, the rankings and the election did not even affect the NRL coverage. That is going like wildfire. GWS and West Coast on Sunday. Foxtel, 85,000, number 10. No election, no excuse. 
Hawthorne versus Brisbane, Channel 7, 284,000 at number 12. Only got 22,000 more than Richmond and Essendon with the election coverage. 22,000 less, sorry. Foxtel, 169,000, number 4. Fremantle versus Collingwood, Foxtel, 152,000, which is number 5. The league average drops again by 7,500 to 323,000 people watching per game on free to air and on Foxtel, down seven and a half thousand. That's down 44,000 in the last month, or 12%, 12%. We have lost another 2.1% of viewers from last week to this week. It is a train wreck between the umpiring between the, the the game slot time slots that's the two major issues in the game right now bugger the fact that it's this team versus this team or this rubbish versus this good team or two rubbish teams because that's always going to happen because with 18 teams in this competition the way it's run and the rules that are set up they are mostly rubbish Look at the odds. Melbourne at $2.40. Daylight, because the rest stink. Stink by the mean that they fact that they can't even rate on TV right now. Between Brisbane, between Sydney, who are next on the rankings, and I believe next after that, if I can pull that up again, yeah, that'll be it. Sydney and... Uh, I don't even know why Sydney... Oh, no, Sydney's there. It's Brisbane and somebody else, and I just can't, Fremantle, I believe. Brisbane and Fremantle. Bugger to mind how Fremantle got on that list. Brisbane and $5.50 are only the 11th match team on TV. Fremantle, I think they're around about $14, are fourth last. St Kilda's around about that mark too. They're the 10th most watched on TV. No one cares about those three teams. No one. No one watches. Brisbane can be $1.50. Odds on. Still no one's going to watch. Now that's the problem. The Western Bulldogs, by the way, are the most watched team on both modes of TV at the moment. That is it, I believe. Oh, don't forget. We're halfway going into the last week of March. Or May, I better tell you. Now, this month so far, after today, after a slippage, minus 7.7% in May. Still plus 2.4% ROI in front for the financial year. We've got a month and a week to go. And in the last quarter, we're minus 7.2% in sports and racing. That's better. And the better half on Patreon will try and pick it up for you in the last week. We have had a good run, though. Uh, we are in front for this half of the month, and we are actually, in this month in sports, minus 0.1%. And I believe we're like four cents off being level. That's how close it is. It's the racing again that's letting us down. We just can't seem to get a horse to get across the line. The ones that we are getting across the line are the ones that aren't big enough odds. Thank you for listening. You can get this on Anchor and Spotify and wherever you get your good podcasts from. Be listening next week for AFL Round 11. Please do listen. We haven't had anyone listen to this. There's a lot of effort 
that goes into this and a lot of time and energy that go into this. So please give it a listen. The NFL, I will say, will be back again uh, uh, in September or something where myself and the better half will be doing our NFL show. That's what everyone wants to listen to. Two things people want to listen to is the NFL show and the NASCAR show. And we just can't find a pick in NASCAR to do the NASCAR show because they are our two most popular podcasts. There isn't a market by the looks of things for the AFL, but I'll keep doing it until we crack it. If we don't, eh, but people want to know about the golden mop and people want to know about all the different things that the mainstream AFL media aren't doing. So if you want to know what the AFL mainstream media aren't doing, give us a crack here at Betor and the Better Half. And as I always say, if you do give it a listen, thank you for listening. And we'll see you again next week.